the idea that you're just donating your clothes and everybody's happy and everybody's wins is just is not the reality. With the fashion industry today being extremely wasteful and definitely not sustainable, what are some positive trends we can feel hopeful about? What can we learn from how ThreadUp was able to really revolutionize the experience of secondhand shopping, from it being viewed as unpleasant and maybe even stigmatized, to it being fun and desirable? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. Real quick, I wanted to let you know that I'm now sharing the two key takeaways from each interview in the show notes instead of at the end of the episodes, and I'll continually be sharing highlights from the podcast in my weekly Sunday newsletters. To find the show notes or to get your weekly dose of inspiration sent directly to you through email, you can head to greendreamer.com. And now on to our episode. Let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. Our guest today is the brand director of ThreadUp, which is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store with a mission to teach a new generation to think secondhand first. Before ThreadUp, she spent more than a decade as head of marketing for national resale chain Crossroads Trading, and also as a consultant for sustainable fashion brands, including LA and Ghana-based Osei Duro. I'm really excited for you to listen to this conversation because she shares some key insights about how we can use branding, which is often overlooked, to really strengthen our platforms and brands, and why it's so important to not lose sight of this even when there are a million other things we need to do. She also talks about how we can help our fashion industry adopt a more circular system. All juicy stuff, so let's just get started. Beginning with what got her into the world of sustainable fashion, here's the brand director of ThreadUp, Erin Wallace. The interesting part is I don't think I started out where I am now, um, like many do, but I started more in fashion. So that's where my interest always was, and specifically in thrift way back in the 90s. Um, I was an avid secondhand shopper and thrifter. And when I entered my career post-college, uh, I was lucky enough to land at Crossroads Trading, which was a resale clothing chain. And I wasn't looking at it necessarily from a sustainability point of view, but just as like a passion of my own. And really, that's where my understanding of the circular economy began and the impact of textile waste um, on the environment. And that issue has only become, has compounded in the last 30 years with the rise of fast fashion. And so my interest in sustainability has really exploded over the years alongside the growing problem. Mm -hmm. And what was something you learned about sustainable fashion that shocked you? Well, I mean, I think it's just the, the environmental impact of the creation of a single garment is pretty shocking. I think sustainable fashion, I kind of distinguish between their sustainable fashion, which is, you know, with the creation of clothing with sustainable materials and fair practice. And then there's like the sustainable fashion economy or a secondhand circular economy, which is the idea that every new garment can be the, its life should be as extended as much as possible. Um, ideally domestically where we take care of our own, um, waste. Mm -hmm. So kind of the facts around 
all of those industries are pretty are pretty stunning overall. Do you have a specific one you can share with us? Sure. I mean, I think if you look at consumer habits over the last few years, um, just like Americans buy five times more clothes today as they did in the 80s, and they keep them about half as long. And so really like those two numbers just equal a huge problem. It's become much more disposable. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I think there was a Vanessa Friedman, who's a New York Times fashion critic, basically, you know, kind of hit the nail on the head in an interview a while back. She just said, you know, fashion's disposable. It's a vehicle for continuous consumption. And we see that at every end of the, the fashion life cycle. I mean, there's obviously there's the I always hear fashion quote, it's fashion is the second most polluting industry in the world behind oil. Um, I've heard that number kind of go up and down, but I've never heard it really referred to as anything less than the fourth most polluting. I mean, it's just, a, <laughs> it's high you know, up there. It's like, yeah, it's high up there, whether it's second or fourth, that's a horrifying number. Yeah. And everybody wears clothes. Mm-hmm. We do. And the culture is just faster. Our attention span, our spans continue to get shorter. And that translates like into all the activities that we do, whether it's online or shopping or, you know, how we consume and discard of our um, our property and our clothing. So with all of this shocking, um, unpleasant knowledge, what did your <laughs> professional journey look like that led you to ThreadUp? Um, well, like I said, I was at Crossroads for, you know, a long time, over a decade, um, and really, you know, helped them grow to the scale where they where they could go. And I think what led me to ThreadUp was their mission, which is to teach the next generation to think secondhand first. However, I think the emphasis is really on a generation. So their mission is to operate at a scale that can actually impact the issue of textile waste. And so yeah. that is really what drew me to them is like they have the ability and the, the mission to do that. So it was really just like stepping onto the next, the next level of scale for me. Yeah, and I can already feel ThreadUp shaking up the fashion world by kind of revolutionizing um, our perspectives on secondhand shopping. And I want to take a few steps backwards for a little bit. Uh, so you were head of marketing at Crossroads Trading, which is a national resale chain for more than a decade. What was your biggest takeaway there in terms of what it takes to establish a brand at a national scale? Oh man. Um, well, <laughs> a brand, a brand or a secondhand brand. It's, you know, true. Even more difficult. Even more difficult. Um, if there's one thing I can say about the secondhand world and, and business and brand is that it's just, it's a very complicated business and it's a complicated brand. Um, you're a lot of things to a lot of people and, um, and it's just a very tricky business from a number side. So you have to be really smart. In terms of Crossroads and building a national brick and mortar secondhand brand, I think uh, establishing that was really establishing a sense of transparency and trust with the communities that we served so they understand what we were doing. And then also there was a lot of education around the supply that they could bring in because just like everywhere else, uh, you know, we can't take everything we can o- at that point, we could only buy what you can sell in the stores. So there's severe limitations. So it's really a brand built on um, establishing yourself as kind of a fashion authority and also an educator around what they can sell um, with the best hope of return. 
Yeah, and on top of that, I feel like there's a stigma with secondhand shopping. It's definitely getting better, but I feel like it's still somewhat there. And I feel like both Crossroads Trading and ThreadUp have done beautiful jobs to make it fun and strip away the unpleasantness that usually is associated with the experience of buying used clothes. What do you think it took to inspire this mindset shift in consumers? I mean, I think a lot of it was time, but I do think that consistency and branding at every point of kind of establishing, I mean, ThreadUp does an awesome job of making the experience feel fun and bright and inclusive. And I think that message, well, they've been able to obviously spread that message far and wide due to its digital nature. And I think, you know, brick and mortars are similar. Crossroads aims to have, you know, a really clean, open, bright, fun environment and have a celebration of secondhand. It's not, it's not thrifty. It's not digging through piles. It really is um, a fun a fun way to shop. Yeah. So they say, don't judge a book by its cover. But in this world, <laughs> in terms of branding, it does matter how like first impressions and how things look. Yes. I mean, it does. It does. <laughs> yeah. So um, now you're the brand director of ThreadUp. And I believe this is quite recent. Yes. Yeah. In the last three months, though, I have, uh, because I've been in the secondhand world so long, I've known the folks over there since their inception. Nice. Uh, so yeah, since you've been here, what's been your biggest struggle as brand director of ThreadUp? I think the biggest struggle so far is managing a brand within the context of a fast, fast growing, can't emphasize that enough, startup environment operating just at a breakneck speed. Um, it's a really fun challenge, but it is a challenge to maintain mm. consistency of messaging, tone, um, all of those things while every, everyone in every department is just like moving full sprint forward. Yeah. So how do you keep up with that? <laughs> <laughs> I go to a lot of meetings. Um, basically just try and maintain communication and make sure that across the organization, people understand that brand is, is a part of the solution and making sure that we're really open and available to, to getting in there with our, our brand magic marker um, as quickly as they need us to move. And so how do you personally stay organized with all of these different departments that you're overseeing? <laughs> like that is a great question. I think we're all across the organization super addicted to our tools. Um, so Slack is my best friend. And, you know, just it's the meeting schedule, essentially, just mm -hmm. having regular check ins across the organization with people and um, making sure that we're all remembering what we said we were going to do and are aware of, of each other's next steps. So constantly bringing everyone back to the why and the vision is really important. Yeah, I think on top of that, you know, it's important. We do a great job at ThreadUp of sharing messages and being super open and receptive across the organization. So giving a presentation on our mission to the company at large and inviting people to push back, to question, um, that's very much part of the, the fabric of the company to test the alignment. For sure. And ThreadUp has also been able to foster a really loyal customer base and community. What do you think has been key to that? I think the key to that is the sheer scale is so intriguing to people that we can offer so many brands, so many individual garments. It's kind of this massive uh, 
treasure hunt. People are constantly surprised by what they find. I think that is just kind of a compelling story to people and it changes every day. Uh, and that's kind of fostered a lot of devotion. Yeah. And on top of that, from a branding and marketing perspective, what do you think has been essential to thread up starting from ground zero to establishing itself as the leading online secondhand shop overall? Yeah, I think they've done a great job of kind of creating this very simple and iconic recognizable polka dot that makes people smile. And I Mm -hmm. think that's a great starting place for a brand. Um, And they've kept that consistent throughout. So you know, it's the little things, right? Branding is, it sounds simple and is really difficult to execute. And I think they were smart in coming up with something that they could repeat and stand behind. And that's, that's been really helpful. So having something that's really easily recognizable, and in this case, making it fun was also really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So with you having been a marketing and branding expert for so long, what are some mistakes you see eco and socially driven brands make in their branding and communication that might hold them back? Uh, That's a good question. I think in moments over the years where I've had a little bit of a possible cringe, they kind of fall into two buckets. Um, One is the obvious, like... (sighs) The DNA of the brand doesn't line up with the new brand mission. Sometimes um, people want to play the green card, uh, greenwashing a little bit more, and people notice. So that's obviously, you know, a terrible faux pas. But I think on the other side of that, on some brands that do fall into consumer products or fashion or, you know, that side of the fence is really super eco or green brands also forget that they're they're a fun brand or a fashionable brand brand and so kind of lean so hard with the green that they they leave out the full story. So balancing those two things is a challenge but it's really important. Don't overdo the green but then also remember <laughs> to highlight the style piece especially if you're a fashion brand cuz people buy fashion first and foremost likely for the style. Yeah, you have to remember what it's what it's about. Everybody isn't walking around like uh, and dressed in an eco warrior suit. <laughs> um, a lot of us care a lot about the environment and sustainability. We also love the fun of shopping and getting dressed every day. Those don't have to be mutually exclusive. For sure. So what are some tips you'd offer to um, eco driven entrepreneurs who are trying to grow their brands and get their messages heard in today's crowded space? I think brand advice is always sounds deceptively simple, which is, you know, distill the essence of who you are. How can you say it as simply as possible? And then determine what that sounds like across every channel and what that looks like across every channel and then execute. And everything you're doing in the days to come, bounce it off of that and see if it matches up. It's basically just maintaining extreme consistency. And that is harder, so much harder to do than it sounds. How does it get complicated? So it's simple uh, as a concept, but where is it that usually is challenging? I mean, it breaks down with competing priorities. And that's the nature of human beings and the nature of growing businesses is managing those competing priorities and those competing voices and those competing thoughts. And as a, you know, if you're in charge of brand, it's still hearing the clear 
brand voice and message through all of those competing priorities? How do you synthesize them together to still reflect the same brand or the same brand heart? Uh, and that's tricky, especially the bigger you get, the harder, the harder it is. What would you say is the most important thing about branding? Because for someone who might be running all parts of their own business, they might be focused on other priorities, like you mentioned. What would having proper branding make possible for them? Proper branding is really the ability to know that your company is being watched from the outside in. It's having a, a person on the inside who understands all the business priorities, but is constantly bouncing them through a lens of your customer and looking at the brand from that perspective. And that heads off so many potential problems. Uh, when you are looking ahead and seeing how the business is being perceived, it just translates. It's a, it's a, it should be the other half of, of the business brain. So instead of just you doing things from within, we have to take a step back to see how others would view what we're doing. Absolutely. So it's, you know, kind of the communications PR point of view as well which is like if you're running your business internally and obviously you have all of those huge demands of operations and productions and finance, all of those things can be fairly isolating in terms of your point of view. And brand is the big bust out the window, stand outside, look in and tell you how it looks. Yeah. Well, taking a step back, looking at the big picture, what are some latest insights to secondhand shopping that surprised you either in a good or bad way? There's a lot of, of good things happening right now um, in secondhand. I mean, we're seeing, just generally speaking, a huge uptick just in the number of people who are shopping secondhand, period. I mean, I think there was 24 times the growth in the resale market than in traditional apparel in the last, in 2017. So that's hugely encouraging. And then we're just seeing like kind of just the number of people trying secondhand increase, like one in three women have shopped secondhand, which is pretty staggering at this point. So I really, we really feel like we're on the verge of it being mainstream. For sure. And I feel like ThreadUp has really been integral to driving this trend. Um, do you know if this means that the quantity of fast fashion clothing being bought today is decreasing at all? Because so long as fast fashion is still on the rise and still churning out cheap disposable clothing, we're just still going to be continually overloaded with used clothes. Yeah. I, I mean, that's when we look in the future and we have, you know, projected market share and we look at kind of the idea of the closet of the future, quote unquote, um, we project that resale will be larger than fast fashion by 2027. And that only comes with scale, right? So companies like ThreadUp, you know, we're the only one who operates at, at this scale and across as many levels of retail category that if we continue to grow, we have to be big enough to compete directly with fast fashion in order to stem it and stem the flow. So I, you know, it's a fast fashion is a, a big monster to tackle. Do you think the same type of shopper that would shop fast fashion has potential to shop more secondhand clothing? Is it the same type of consumer or is there like a mindset shift required there too? I think it's absolutely can be the same. And we see it as the same consumer. Those brands sell for us as, as well. There is a mind shift, but I really think it's less of a, of a total mind shift and more of an awareness. What do you think the individual can do to help spread this awareness, to help us accelerate towards this secondhand shopping being 
greater than fast fashion? Stop buying new clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thing to say, but um, I mean, I believe it fully. It's unnecessary and it is contributing to a huge and growing problem. Mm-hmm. How does circularity play into this? So if everybody were to just shop secondhand, we would be we would keep this in containment, I guess. I mean, it would still require a lot. But yes, it would go a long way towards if we were shopping secondhand in the first place and then reselling those items back into the circular economy until there is no value left in those items and they can be then recycled into rags, insulation, etc., that would be that would slow down the cycle significantly. As mm-hmm. it is now, there's so much clothing being thrown away, I think upwards of 70 pounds a year by an individual, and that's just thrown away, um, let alone donated or sold. You know, charitable donations can't possibly handle the clothing that they receive. It's a, you know, massive, massively more than they could resell back in, or, you know, sell in their shops. And so things are just sold into the aftermarket, which is complicated and political, and it, it's just a growing problem that we're spreading around the globe at this point. Yeah. I feel like some people just buy a lot of clothes and they're like, oh, I can just donate it after I don't wear them anymore. And that feels like it's a positive thing when in fact it could still be aggravating this issue, right? Oh, it absolutely is aggravating the issue. It's not that simple by a long shot. The idea that you're just donating your clothes and everybody's happy and everybody wins is just is not the reality. So I think there's a lot of opportunity and responsibility for companies like us to educate consumers about what really does happen. What is the life cycle of garments? And then again, why it is so important to try and return them back into the circular economy here domestically in the United States and just slow the overall spend and throw away cycle of fast fashion. For sure. And this is kind of a bigger question, but if you were the brand director and head of marketing of the entire sustainability movement, what would you focus on to help this not just be like a little niche of its own, but grow more quickly to attract everybody? Oh, man. (laughs) That is a tough question. What would I do to uh, raise awareness around this issue, like to just blow it out of the water? Yeah. It sounds Uh, like you've done a lot of work with, you know, (laughs) large-scale brands and... Yeah. I mean, you know, they would... I... I think if I was, I really had the, it's really about marketing dollars in this, in this case is I would love to see a massive, massive scale campaign at the same level that you see, you know, national campaigns for H&M or Old Navy or Gap, whatever, that was around this focus. That was just a a market saturation education because it's such a, a fascinating topic. And I think people are genuinely would be so surprised. And there's so many simple things you can do to participate in the solution. So it goes back to the awareness and education piece. Those are still very important. I think they are the cornerstones. Well, what are some upcoming projects for ThreadUp that we can look forward to and support? Yeah, we've got actually in August, we are going to be celebrating August 25th is Second Hand Day. Now, you may not have known that, but it is. It's a, it's a big day for us. We love August. And so we're celebrating all month long just with Second Hand Month. And as part of this, I mean, obviously, there's really fun stuff, especially for our diehard 
uh, customers with lots of games and giveaways and things like that. But we are also launching um, a social campaign around it just no, not wearing new clothes, not buying new clothes for the month and taking a secondhand challenge. And it's just going to be under like hashtag no new clothes talking about. And that's really a conversation campaign to open the dialogue on social around textile waste and some of the issues I was I was speaking to. So we're hoping to get a conversation started that can be the foundation of of a larger campaign, maybe not, you know, on the scale of of an H&M campaign, but we definitely have great aspirations to grow the conversation in the coming uh, year. For sure. That's super exciting. Where can we find ThreadUp online? Um, stay posted on this uh, secondhand month or challenge coming up. And where can we follow you on social media? Yeah, so we're ThreadUp, T-H-R-E-D-U-P.com. Uh, same across all social channels. But uh, Instagram is probably one of the best places to find out the very latest uh, campaigns that we're running and conversations that we're having. Before we go on to our final five, I wanted to first of all just thank you for tuning in. Your interest in learning about sustainability and what you can do to grow your positive impact is just so inspiring and I'm so honored to get to be a part of your journey. The other thing I wanted to mention is, as Aaron said earlier, ThreadUp is celebrating this whole month of August with its secondhand challenge. So if you get to share some secondhand outfits or thoughts on this subject on social media, make sure to use the hashtag NoNewClothes to help drive this conversation forward. I'll have more resources and links in the show notes at greendreamer.com as well, in case you want to reference them for later. And now on to our final five. Let's power through. What's one inspiring publication or social media account you follow? The Business of Fashion. I've read weekly forever. Um, trying to think. In terms of just straight escape, I think probably my favorite Instagram account is Del Pozo, the Joseph Font fashion designer. It's just so beautiful. Mm. What do you tell yourself to stay positive and inspired? My motto is generally today is not forever. So when things are great, it's a reminder to be grateful. Mm. And when things are not great, it's a reality check to keep it contained. But overall, I'm a pretty positive solution-focused person. Yeah. What's one must-do for your health, either daily or weekly? Man, one per week. (laughs) (laughs) I I try and be present with my kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's one simple action we can take for our planet's health this week? Don't buy new clothes. <laughs> underline, underline. Yes. What makes you most hopeful for our planet right now? Gen Z. I think these kids are so smart and clear-eyed. Mm-hmm. And what final words of wisdom do you have for us as green dreamers? Keep up the fight. It's going to take every single person at every single level. Keep up the fight, Green Dreamer. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, you'll now find the two tweetable key takeaways from our interviews in the show notes at greendreamer.com. You can reach me with feedback on how I can improve the show for you through the website's contact page. And I look forward to connecting on Instagram. You can follow me at Chain. that's K-A-M-E-A-C-H-A-Y-N-E, where I'll be sharing more eco and wellness tips, day-to-day learning lessons, and sometimes sneak peeks into what's coming next on Green Dreamer Podcast that you can look forward to. And finally, 
just remember, now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and I will catch you later, Green Dreamer.